Hi, and welcome to the Tales from the Trail podcast by Matchplay. In this episode, I welcome Brianna Bem, a current senior on the women's soccer team at the University of South Carolina, and Sophie Fox, a graduate transfer student on the women's soccer team at Northeastern University in Boston. Sophie played four years at Georgetown University before transferring for her fifth year. They share their experiences of playing for renowned programs and the recruiting stories. Please continue to subscribe and to share the podcast and follow Matchplay on social media. And send me your comments and questions through matchplayrecruit.com slash podcast. Today, I have the honor of having two old friends uh, uh, that grew up with my son, um, Brianna Bem, who is at the University of South Carolina and plays for the women's team down there, and Sophie Fox, who is a in her first year at Northeastern, but played four years, right, at uh, Georgetown. Um, two major programs in the country. Um, you guys, um, I'm sure, have plenty of stories to tell of what that's like. Um, so maybe we just start from the beginning. Um, when I'm looking at my screen, Brianna's first, so I'm always going to ask her first. Sorry, Sophie. Um, no, perfect. Cause, no, because that's, that's the way I read, you know. Um, and then you actually, no, I won't do that. Cause then that's kind of like cheating. So, um, you know, you gotta, gotta mix up the, the order. But anyway, um, Brianna, tell us about, you know, growing up and, you know, when you decided that you were going to play college soccer and, and what it was and, and walk us through that process for, for as much as you can remember anyway. Yeah. Um, I think. The first moment I, like, realized I could play college soccer was I was actually at practice at Legacy on, like, the first turf field. Like, I remember everything. (laughs) And I remember Kelvin Jones came over to me and was like, I need to talk to you after practice. I was like, I think I was in, like, sixth grade, seventh grade. And he had told me, like, George Mason was interested in me. And I was like, like, at college? Like, (laughs) I just started middle school. And it was just like. That's when I realized, like, wow, I can actually play soccer. But for as long as I can remember, I always wanted to play in college and after college. So that was, like, a cool, like, first moment for me of, like, wow, I can actually do that. Right. I mean, did you even really know what – I mean, you knew what college was. But, like, do you have any concept of what – I didn't know, like, to the extent, like, big colleges, small colleges. Like, I had no clue how many colleges there were to or, like – Right. What it was about just to play soccer at a, a school. So, right. That's cool. Um, what about you, Sophie? I think I always knew I wanted to play, but when I was little, like, I would always go to William Mary soccer camps. I don't know if you ever did that, Brie. That might have been before you moved here. But I never went to that's I've never I went to Highland. But I would go like, to, like, the week-long summer camps every year, and I was like, this is it. Like, I'm going to play soccer at William Mary. I'm going like, to live in my grandma's basement with my cousins, and that we're all going to go to William Mary. <laughs> Perfect. But then I, like, obviously didn't end up going there. Like, it would be kind of a lot to, like, go to school in the same place I grew up, I think, and, like, wanted to branch past that. But I definitely always knew that I wanted to. Yeah. Do you ever have like a dream school? Like I always wanted to go to Florida State was like my school. Like, oh, well, I'm I wanted, good. It was William and Mary until um, 
later on I was like put into UVA, but that was never like bad. It was mostly women Mary. I was little. So did you get recruited by women Mary? Yeah, yeah, I did, but I just like didn't get that far in the process with them because I just knew I didn't want to go there once I actually got to the age where I was like thinking about school seriously. Yeah. So, all right, Sophie, you, what grade were you in when you first started having like serious conversations with college coaches? Probably freshman freshman year, I would start going to like ID camps and stuff, like actively trying to get recruited and like talking to coaches. And then I didn't go on visits until, actually it was probably the end of freshman year I started going on visits. And then it was kind of like, I think it was the summer between freshman and sophomore year, I went to a Georgetown ID camp, which I didn't even like, I only went because someone else on my team was going and they like wanted someone to go with them. <laughs> like I hadn't really like looked at Georgetown that much. And then um, after that ID camp, I did well. And I remember Kelvin, our coach that we both had, texted me and was like, so do you want to go to Georgetown? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then I kind of like really pigeonholed like I went on a couple more visits after that but I was just like once I knew that was like in the works I was pretty focused on Georgetown and I committed like I think February of my sophomore year so it like moves pretty quickly after that. What about you Brianna? So South Carolina was actually my first or second after George Mason people to like reach out to me I think it was like end of my eighth grade they emailed maybe Kelvin also. And I just remember like, oh, like I've never even heard of it. And I told Kat Dominguez, actually like my good friend now. And she was like, oh, like I've heard of their program, like really good program, really nice stadium. So I was like, well, then, then I'm interested. And But I never really contacted them back. I like put it to the side until like I got older. And then freshman year is when I like, they contact me again. I went to an ID camp and then it got serious, but I think that was cool. That was like my first, one of my first like real big SEC schools to contact me. And then I ended up going there. So, yeah. So do other team, the other schools contact you guys after you've kind of been down the process a little ways with other, with the two schools that you ended up selecting? I mean, did they, were there other teams that came calling, so to speak? I yeah. Think, yeah. But not, Especially since, like, I think you committed sophomore year, too, maybe freshman year even, Bruce. Yeah, I committed freshman year, but when you committed I went on, like, a bunch of visits. My parents, like, made me go on as many visits as I could just to, like, make sure. I went to, I think I went to Pitt, um, Tennessee, Wake Forest, Virginia Tech. But that's before you committed, right? Yeah, like, on visits. Um but I think just committing that early, like a lot of schools won't necessarily know that you're like committed. Yeah. It's not, I think there is a database, but it's also verbal. So it's not like, like you're not, you aren't signing anything until you're a senior. So it's like, they technically could try to recruit you, but I think also like coaches all know each other and like it kind of slows down once people like hear that you're committed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you both went to the schools and you, what made you comfortable in, you know, the school itself, not just the soccer program? Um, Brianna, like when you went to South Carolina, you know, 
yeah. what made you realize that not only was the campus the right fit for you, but the culture of the team and, and the coaches and, and all the other things that matter when you're making those decisions? Yeah, I think it was the culture that really stood out to me. And like, so my coaches are, it's a head coach and like a, we call them another head coach, basically. They're husband and wife. So it's like, I say it's like a family, which every school says they have a family, but like they're like our parents, we say, because they're they're married and like it's like a real family. But I went on a visit. I think it was like my fourth time visiting just to like I needed to make sure I needed like wanted to go there. And I got to sit into the locker room with the team before a game and like go on the field before the game. And in the locker room, it was just like. I just felt like the culture was there and it was so cool sitting there, like listening to all their music and like seeing how they prepare for a game, like a big top 10 game. And like, I was like, that's where I want to go and be. So it was like just being with the team and like them interacting with me. Yeah. And Sophie, so completely different campus Georgetown is than South Carolina, right? I mean, it's not an SEC school. There's no, there's football at Georgetown. Not, yeah, there is, but it's not great. Yeah. So, um, I mean, they're not playing Florida and Georgia. Right. And so, I mean, obviously a way different culture. Um, it's an urban setting. Um, you know, what kind of clicked for you when you were making that choice? And, how to, you know, why did you decide to go to Georgetown rather than anywhere else at that point? Um, I like the I do like like the city school aspects, but it also is very much a campus. Like you don't feel like you don't feel like you're in the middle of the city when you're like on the campus. And then also I think part of it was that I didn't want to go like to the same school that everyone I know is going to. Like one school that I was being recruited by a lot was Virginia Tech and like I wanted to do something different and like while it's not like that far away, it's like a completely different like vibe than being at like a Virginia State school or something like that and then the year I um was like really being recruited they went to the final four and so it was like um it was just so cool to see like players that I met when I was visiting that I knew as like super like fun like nice people and then see like how serious they are on the field and how good they are like you don't even like recognize people on and off the field and I was like I just want to be a part of something that's like that like fun to be around but also like so professional and like has the potential to go that far in a tournament. Yeah. And like the best academics you can get. Right. I mean, yeah, academics are really important to me too. Yeah. Um, not that South Carolina isn't, but South Carolina is in Georgetown. No, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten that before, don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, so talk about like, you know, you knew really early. I mean, as far as like you, where you were in your maturity and making this decision like that. And then, you know, did you have any second thoughts or did you, I don't know, like your sophomores in high school and you're not even really driving yet probably. And you're, com yeah. you're committing to something that is going to, you know, that decision is the biggest decision you made in your life so far. I mean, what were kind of your thought thoughts as you went through those two or three years that you had left before you went to school? And, you know, how did you uh, prepare 
to go to school, you know, go play college soccer and, and all that stuff. Sophie, go first. I honestly was never like, I don't know if that was like partially, it probably was a little bit like delusional, but like I never had any like second thoughts really. I feel like it was more people around you that could like, I remember, I don't remember what class I was in. It was some AP class and like, they made me sign up for the AP test, even though Georgetown doesn't take that class. And I was like, no, I already know where I'm going. And they're like, no, you don't. Like, you're a junior. You don't, like, what are you talking about? You don't know where you're going. I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> like, why are you not taking this seriously? So I literally took an AP test that, like, there was no way it could have given me any credit. And I had to pay, like, $100 to take it or something. But, like, so it's just, like, I always felt pretty confident about it. I think the thing that I was most afraid of was the actual soccer, like, level adjustment. Like, I didn't, like, legacy by the time I was, like, a junior, like, the level wasn't that high. Like, a lot of people were committed, but some people weren't, and I feel like once you hit that age, like, people, not that they stop caring, but, like, it becomes, like, less of a priority for some people, and I knew that, like, the level jump was going to be huge, and I feel like I started to get more scared about that, like, later on, but, like, it's an adjustment for everyone, so... Yeah. Yeah. About you, um, I never had second thoughts about committing, except yeah, I guess I was very young. Like my mom, I thought about it. Like my mom still made my lunch, and I was making a decision about <laughs> college soccer. <laughs> like that's weird, but I think it was like my family as a whole, like honestly, made the decision because I went and visited my top two were Tennessee and South Carolina and I went to both schools like four times like I said and because my dad like wanted me to make sure and when I decided on South Carolina I like knew I was set and like 100% in and wasn't gonna go back ever and I'm glad I never did but leading up to going to school I guess, like, being in such a small town, it's, like, you have such a big head, like, about, like, oh, you're committed. Like, there's only a few of us in the whole town, like, going to big schools like that. But I think we all did a good job to, like, train together. Like, me and Toby have been training yeah. together for, like, however long I can remember. And we would go out there after school or, like, all summer long we'd be training and running with Johnny. So that really helped being in it together mm -hmm. rather than alone, which is good. But... I think I was most afraid of, like, the soccer aspect and, like, fitness. Yeah, fitness. I feel like I never did, like, fitness in my life no. or, like, running and, like, fitness tests. So I was, like, really nervous about that. But it's not as hard as you think it would be. <laughs> it's all mental. Yeah, what were some of the conversations that you two were having with each other as you were probably out there at the Warhill turf fields, you know? kicking soccer balls and, and just thinking about what was to come. I think it was always like, will we ever play each other? Like, you yeah. think we're going to play each other? And then yeah. we did play each other. And we we did play, together. yeah. Like, so I've been at the same team. time. I was defending her. I, I remember laughing on the field. I like, was this is not really. Waiting to sub in together. And like, <laughs> I could hear your parents when I went in. Like, yelling <laughs> for me, too. <laughs> So you yeah. guys were literally at the like checking in yeah, at the same time. Side by side, yeah. check in. <laughs> and it was also like I think it was just the two of us. Like our coach just hadn't put anyone else. In yeah, there. and it was like zero zero. So like I couldn't say like, hi, and I was like, "This is serious. Like I can't look at you." Round of thirty two. I knew I would was. laugh. 
<laughs> so, like, how did that go? Well, well they we beat won. us, but... <laughs> yeah. But it was fun. We were yeah. la I was laughing on the field defending. <laughs> yeah. I think at one point you had the ball, like, back to me and I like had my hand in your back and I just like was laughing like on the field I feel like it's also like al almost like distracting to play even if you're off like if you were to be in when I'm off I'm like want to watch you when I'm like I need to yeah. watch the whole game like I can't just be like <laughs> I would be like getting back right now like <laughs> like make yeah, that recovery sure you're you're <laughs> yeah so there's no no anybody uh foul the other no I don't think no. No. no dirty business going on. No. no. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's kind of a cool story. So you guys played twice? Uh, just once. No, just once. So, yeah. I thought I heard twice. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, so let's go back to high school still for a minute. Um, you're getting ready, and so Sophie, you're a year older than Brianna. Right. But, um, yeah. like, you know, what's going on in your head as you're getting closer and closer to time to report? You know, is it still all about fitness? Are you confident in your level? And then, you know, walk us up to the time that you're, you know, moving your stuff in your dorm, basically, and getting ready to go train. Um, For me, I feel like it was different because it was actually COVID when I was a freshman, like going into freshman oh, yeah. year. So leading up to the summer of my freshman year, we had like no team practices. Like we hadn't played a game in six months because we weren't all allowed to be together. Like I think the most training we got was like us two and probably Augie with Johnny. Like that's all I had leading up. So I was definitely nervous about like speed of play just because I hadn't played like real soccer, I guess. Like it was just training and agility and fitness leading up to it. Yeah. And when I'm here all summer, all we do is run anyways, too. So, like, I guess that would have been, like, eight, nine months since I played in a real game or, like, even, like, small-sided 8v8. Right. But, yeah, I'm sure that was tough to figure out soccer again, kind of, when you were, you know, just thrown in the mix there. So, um, yeah, what about you, Sophie? Yeah, I had one yeah. year of... Brianna kind of cut you off, but, you know, <laughs> I can ask you, but, you know. <laughs> I could have one year of college through COVID. So, like, my freshman year was completely normal until spring. I think it's the, like, number one biggest thing that's hard as fitness. Like, it is. Like, a level that you'll ne you've never had to be at. Like, even if you... Even if you're playing 90 minutes in a game, you're a lot better than the people around you and you don't have to work as hard to like to get a touch off but like college soccer is at the point where you have to run so much that if you're not fit you're not going to be able to kick the ball when it gets to you like you're not going to get your touch off like and i think it's even even if you're at the level where you can like pass the fitness test once you get there the first two weeks of the, like the playing itself is still going to be hard because like it's a different type of fitness like you can prepare like as much as you want but you're still going to have an adjustment period for like the first couple of weeks. And then I think another thing that's hard about your freshman year is that you're going to go to school way before all your friends do. And it's like, like your non-soccer friends at home. And it's like, I should still have another month of summer, but like, I'm going to go be running around in the heat while they're all like, still, like having fun. But like, 
you're scared of that freshman year because you don't know how fun it's going to be when you like get there so like after that it's um after freshman year it's like you want to go back but freshman year you're still scared so it's like harder to leave early right and just like watching all your friends go to like graduation parties you're missing like missing out on everything your your senior year like but it's definitely all worth it yeah uh brianna you didn't really have i'm I was at your graduation. You didn't, there wasn't much graduation. I, so. I walked across the street. <laughs> That's true. As, and I like drove by as long as walking across the street. So yeah. Um, so like now put on kind of your mentor hats and talk about, you know, how you would advise, you know, a current eighth, ninth, 10th grader who's starting the process and, and, you know, they're gonna get. They're gonna commit. Like, talk about what's important to look for, and some of the things that you know you know now, and you wish you'd known then, kind of things. Um, so, if you, I guess we'll just let Brianna go first, since she, since she jumps in. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think my biggest thing I would say is watch how the coaches interact with the players. Because they could put on a front in front of you, like when you go and visit and like be like, oh, like you're going to star, you're going to play or like this is how we coach. But if you go to a game and you watch them on the sidelines and like they're screaming at a player, is that how you want to be coached on the sidelines? Like or you go to a game and they're like they pull a player aside and they're like talking to them and explaining themselves instead of like screaming at them on the field, then that's who you want to play for. So I would say like go to a game, watch your style play and watch how the coaches like coach and like watch their body language and how they talk to the players. I think that's big. Yeah, it's, that is big. What about you, Sophie? Yeah, I agree with that. Like a coach is literally when they're recruiting you, like they're a salesman, like they're trying to like, like that's not even going to be their real personality half the time. Like when you're there, like you're just one of 30 people on the team. Like they don't have to like, talk to you all the time or like be your best friend and like you are just like like they've been there what like 10 15 20 years and like they are going to have a new team every year it's like you're not their number one priority and that's how they're going to make you feel when you're a recruit but like the reality is that like you aren't and like how she's how Brie was saying like watch how they talk to players is true and then also something you should look at is like how many players on the team have been there for four years like how many seniors do they have and like how many people transfer out because like there's some schools that have just super high turnover rates of like people transferring in and out and like that's usually a red flag about the coach because yeah sometimes people don't like the school but usually if you like soccer a lot you're gonna be like happy at the school honestly it's like such a big part of your life so like if you see like a lot of people transferring in and out of that school like there's probably something there and like also on your visits i was um a lot more upfront about this in my like second recruiting process for my fifth year just like asking players like what like i know coaches are going to yell at you sometimes that's like any coach is going to yell at you sometimes but it's like do you like genuinely like like the coach like do you feel like like really just ask players and like they should be honest with you like it's not their job to recruit you yeah i was a lot more like like I feel like when you're a fresh or like in the recruiting process, like you're scared of college players, so like you shouldn't be. Like they're still just nice girls. <laughs> like 
now I like wasn't scared of them. Then I'm like I'm ask them like every single question I have. Like, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I guess having to go through the experience again, you know, you you knew probably what you should have asked yeah. you know, way back. Yeah. And not that you, I don't think you had a bad experience with no, Georgetown. No, I did I yeah. love Georgetown and like Georgetown yeah. her. But it's like, I, like part of the reason I transferred is just for like a new experience, like a new city, new like place, like, and just like, like academic stuff, different program. But like, I was like, I honestly think there was a lot of things that I got lucky about at Georgetown because like I didn't think to ask them and then I hear people have these horror stories and I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Like. So, like, the second time, I was like, I need to be careful. I don't end up at a school that's, like, people hate it there. Like, because it's not necessarily, like, I, there's things I didn't like about Georgetown that I was looking for. It's more, like, things I'd heard about other schools. I'm like, I really need to avoid, like, certain places. If you don't know someone that goes there personally, then it's, like, you have to be, like, really forward about finding out information. Yeah, I mean, so what are some of the things, without naming names, guys, um, that you've, you've heard about other schools that, you know, you knew it wasn't going to be a good fit for you. Um, you know, maybe it's a good fit for other people. Right. But, um, you know, what, what were things that you heard that all, you know, steered you away from certain places? Like, I think one thing that you should look for is, is practice fun. Like you're going to have to practice, like practices can either be like your coach running you into the ground and like drilling set pieces and like doing boring things, or it can be like, a lot of playing and like so even if you're not necessarily playing a lot in games like practice is still fun and like fulfilling like what you like about soccer so like something like I did ask I was like do you like practice like or do you hate being there like because like the game the games are obviously the most important and like the most fun part like most of the time you're in practice so it's like that's one thing I was like looking for yeah Mm -hmm. I agree with that and I also just say like just be real with yourself through the recruiting process because there's some people who like they go big and then they have to transfer and yeah. like if you're real with yourself and like actually like think about your recruiting then you'll end up happier in the long run yeah yeah i mean you guys had like really good resources when you were going through the process right people who could kind of gauge where you were where you right. should end up as opposed to kind of the pie in the sky dream school scenario. Um, so talk about, you know, you, you get to school and, um, you know, what's that like for you guys individually? Um, and then, you know, where did you, how did your freshman year go? And then going into your sophomore year, um, let's kind of take it through that timeline. Um, what the freshman year experience was like. Um, go ahead, Brianna. Oof. My freshman year, I think it was probably way different just because, again, COVID. Yeah. So my freshman year, we actually didn't start our season until mid-September, which is way different. So we had preseason for over a month. And usually preseason's only two weeks long. So that was that was pretty difficult time, which was like hard work and just like a grind to get to the games. And then freshman year is like going into college, you think like, oh, like I'll go in and I'm going to play. But like freshman year is like 
eye-opening. You don't get in games. You don't play at all. Or, like, you get five minutes and you're like, well, how can I be good in five minutes? But you just have to make the most of it. So freshman year for me was, like, eye-opening. Like, well, I'm going to really have to work and, like, earn my spot, which is, like, it's good for me. And it's real-world stuff. So I think that was, like, what I got out of freshman year the most is, like, I'll have to work for what I'm going to do at this program. And that's why I chose South Carolina. I didn't want to have it easy. I just wanted to play with the best and have to work for it. Yeah, Sophie, what was that like for you? Like big fish to yeah, in a little pond to big fish in a big pond, you know? Yeah, I my freshman year, the girl playing in my spot, like center forward, was a fifth year. So, like, I know, like, I didn't have the expectation that I was going to come in and beat her out. So it wasn't like I, I wasn't expecting to start, like, at all. But it was, like, I definitely was expecting to play, which I did after, like, the first three games. I ended up playing, like, every game the rest of the season in, like, like pretty decent minutes. Like, maybe, like, 30 to 45 minutes a game, which is, like, pretty solid. But, like, the first couple games, I think I just still hadn't fully adjusted to the speed of play. And also, the way Georgetown does our schedule, since we play in the Big East, we're, like, pretty dominant in the Big East. And, like, I'd say, like, half the schools in the Big East aren't that great in terms of, like, RPI. And, like, getting you points that you need if you want to get, like, an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament. Because only one team gets, like, the automatic from winning the, like, conference tournament. So we front-load our season with, like, really hard, like, high RPA, high RPI games. So it was, like, UVA, Duke, like, that's, that's how we start off. So it's, like, if you're not ready to go, then he's not putting you into those games because you're, like, getting it squashed by, like, these Final Four caliber teams. And my first game that I got subbed into was at Duke and she told me to get go to the line like warm up when there's maybe like 10 minutes left in the game and I get up to the line there's like eight minutes left in the game and the ball like literally doesn't go out for me to sub in until there's like 30 seconds left and I looked at my coach and I was like should I still go in and he's like yeah I was like it was literally so embarrassing like my college debut was like 15 seconds (laughs) like on the thing where it says how many minutes I played it says I went in but played zero minutes it's like (laughs) I'm like, but I feel like at that point, I was just like, okay, like, he's thinking of putting me in, so, like, at least, like, still felt like a win, and then after that, I did, like, play real minutes, but I was like, but, like, you get to the point where you're like, okay, like, I have a chance, like, still kind of has a chance, like, I don't know, but I just think that was funny, and then my sophomore year was the COVID year, and Georgetown, like, as a university, is a lot stricter than, like, a school in the south like south carolina like so we didn't go back at all in the fall like the entire fall no one was allowed back and then in the spring it was only athletes allowed back and so we didn't train a single time all fall until we got there in the spring so it was like like Bruce said the beginning was just a lot of like they're not going to put you into like full 11 be 11 right away when you haven't played in like nine months it's just not safe so like we did end up doing like a lot more running and like technical work which is boring and like but it does all end up being worth it once you like actually get started. Yeah. Um, talk about that first time you guys felt like the different level and the different speed of the game, and what, you know what went through your head. Like literally the first. Like, I don't know. Like first practice, I was like, "Oh, shit. like <laughs> gotta get the ball, and I gotta give it to someone yeah, else." Yeah, like I gotta get rid of this. Just so I'm gonna get crushed. Like, yeah. 
even in yeah. like technical something that's like really different about college soccer is just like literally how hard you have to kick the ball like every pass mm-hmm. you have to hit it with, like firmly with pace like so like we do a lot of like technical work at georgetown like every practice starts with like a passing pattern and like freshmen on the first day are like everyone's yelling at you the entire time because you're kicking them all so slow because like you just don't it doesn't feel like natural to kick every single pass basically like as hard as you can <laughs> and like i like so distinctly remember getting yelled at by every like everyone <laughs> i also think a big thing was like using both your feet like yeah no one especially if you're just, like <laughs> if it was like a passing pattern it was like right foot left foot and you did right right like and yeah you're done like you have to use right left or left right it's like you had to use both feet were you guys thinking in those terms when you were you know those years in high school when you were training together oh, okay let's let's do things that develop both feet i think we definitely were but it's like in a game situation or like i guess in a practice situation it wasn't as stressful like environment like, too, when you were doing it yeah it's like it's yeah. to do something wrong like it was not, johnny like johnny yeah. sorry like yeah like, if he yells at me i'm gonna start laughing like it's not like, yeah <laughs> yeah um all right so talk let's talk about kind of what was going on in between your guys ears when you know when you're starting off and you know you're not you're not factoring in right away um you know what how did you handle maybe a little dip in confidence? Um, how did you just handle, you know, emotionally not being the best anymore? I think that's like number one for me, major thing about college, like D1 soccer is confidence. Like if you don't have confidence, you're not going to be able to play. Yeah. Like I think that was a big thing for me. Like leading up to my junior year, like I just felt like I had no confidence. Like, I knew I was a good player. I knew I could be out there. I knew they recruited me for a reason, but I just had like no confidence in myself. And then I don't know what it was. Like my coaches still ask me to this day, like, what was it that clicked in your head? And like, ever since it clicked, like I just have, I believed in myself and I since then have been doing great. And so confidence is definitely, I think maybe the number one key so what did click in your head have you figured that out yeah so well hold on a second hold on so like what was going on and then like like what was your performance until something clicked and then what was what made it click and then how was your performance after that so my when i'm on the field before this it was more like don't lose the ball if you lose the ball you're gonna yell at it's like fear you're playing in fear rather than you're playing with like you have freedom and you can do whatever you want. So when I got, I think I hadn't played maybe two games leading up to the Arkansas game a few years, maybe two years ago last year. And at halftime we were like, our team wasn't doing well. Like we were down and they, at halftime they're like, all right, Bree, like you're going in the middle. And like, immediately something clicked and I told myself like I whispered to myself in my head like you are the greatest player like you are so good and you're here and they're picking you for a reason and I went out and I played the whole half and I started since then and it was just like and they asked me that moment they're like we hadn't played you like what clicked we need to know and I was like I can't tell you it was just like myself 
And it was kind of just like, fuck this mentality. Like, I'm going out there and I'm going to be the best player. Awesome. I mean, that's a great story. Uh, Sophie, What? Uh, how did you deal with the highs and lows of starting out? I think for me, something like at Georgetown, I played like any range of like minutes. Like there's games I started and there's games I didn't play at all. Like, and it was never really for me like a trajectory like this. Like it was constantly like, not constantly like just within a season, but like, I mean, I always really played, but like sometimes it would be like 10 minutes in a game because like Georgetown just has so much depth that it's like if somebody's having a better week than you, like, they're going to play more than you, and sometimes you just have to accept that it's not because you're doing bad, it's just because they're doing better, and it's, like, sometimes you're going to be doing better, and, like, I could be starting in a game or two, but, like, shutting down is not what's going to get you there, like, like, you have to accept if somebody's playing over you, it's not necessarily because you are doing something bad, and, like, just keep, like, doing what you're, like, doing your best, and, like, your opportunity could come at a different time, and you just have to be, like, ready for that. Yeah. Um, do you guys at those places, South Carolina and Georgetown, did they have resources for you guys like mental health type things, sports psychologists, you know, how prominent was that? You know, were you guys encouraged to use those resources? Um, and did you? Uh, yeah, we have a team like psychologist, like sports psychologists that like stays in the office like right across from our field in our building which is a lot of people use her like she's great she has meetings with like the whole team like every month which is great but we also have mental health like people i never use them i use my parents but <laughs> yeah i've I been more but that's not anybody's business if you've used you know but uh, no, I just meant for more like a, a sport psychologist or, you know, dealing with confidence. and, and Yeah, we have performance of. people that help yes. us. Yeah. Um, Sophie, you guys have, you guys had the same type yeah, of thing? Yeah, we had like one sports psychologist that I think was for like all athletic. But we would do like once a season, like a workshop about confidence and stuff. But like kind of related to like here at Northeastern, there is people that you can like struggle with. And like in the beginning of the year, my coach was talking and she was like, if you aren't confident enough to like take a shot, like schedule a meeting. I like, you have to act like it's your, like part of your body. Like she's like, that's not an ex like being unconfident isn't an excuse. Like if you're not confident then go fix it. Like basically, so I think it's like a good like attitude to like treating your brain as just like part of your game and like, it's your responsibility to be confident. Like, it's not somebody else's responsibility to tell you yourself. Right. Basically, just, like, if you don't feel confident, like, schedule an appointment. Like, people can help you, and, like, you need to fix it. Like, it's not just something you can, like, use as an excuse for playing. Yeah. I also think, don't think people realize, like, confidence comes from within yourself. Yeah. Like, you're not going to go searching for confidence and find it from someone. Like, it has to be from yourself. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure that you guys also had like support from your teammates. Yeah, I mean, definitely. you, you definitely like, they weren't like jerks to you or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, so I live on the field, but off the field, everyone's 
family. Yeah. Talk about kind of that culture and, you know, but you guys both stayed for four years. Um, you know, it wasn't miserable. So talk about, you know, how they helped you when you were young and then how you guys helped younger players when they were, you know, first starting out. Sophie. Um, well, yeah, I think there's like a huge difference between how people like talk to you on the field and how people talk to you off field. Like you just have to have like a like sense of like professionalism, I guess, but like you can separate that and like accept that like they're all just trying to help you and you all have the same goal. And then also I think like when you're on a team with 30 people, like there's going to be, there's bound to be someone that's like felt the same way you're feeling. And like, it's really good to like lean on each other because like, only 11 people are playing, so, like, if you're upset about playing time, there's, like, 20 other people that are also upset about it, and, like, you can all, like, bond, like, I always said, like, like, being on the bench, like, the best jokes ever, like, happen on the bench. The bench is the funniest place. <laughs> and, like, when you're not in, like, it's good to, like, like, obviously be friends with everyone else, because you're still hanging out all the time, even if you're not playing. Yeah. Brianna? Anything to add there? Uh, I think going off that, it was like, there's so many people on the team. And like for our culture, it was just like, everyone's mm. different. And the way like you talk to people on the field and off the field should be different for every individual. Like whether they can handle like you screaming at them, like, let's go, or like how you talk to them, like positively or in a negatively way, like everyone handles it different. So mm. our program really like, Carps on like every individual should be like to their needs like you talk to them to how they would need you to talk to them it's like I would talk to Sophie differently yeah on the field than I would to whoever Augie on the field right probably (laughs) um (laughs) uh yeah so I, I was thinking about something when you were talking about being on the bench um like I think there's like some dangerous ways to think, you know, and then there's some ways that are really, really, um, I don't know, like more helpful than, than just, I guess it's the difference between being positive and negative. Right. Um, so talk about, you know, the way, you know, your mindset while you were, not starting or not playing um, and how you kept yourself in a positive mind frame. And, you know, I'm sure that there were times where, you know, maybe you weren't in the best mindset and how you talked your way through that. Either one of you. Something knowing that it's not permanent. Like sometimes you can be like, like I've barely played this last like three games. Like this sucks. Like, but, like, it's not, it's never, like, a permanent situation. Like, anything could happen. Like, someone could get hurt and you could go in and, like, literally the next minute. Like, you just have to, like, not think that you're stuck there because it's not, like, you're permanently benched ever. Like, I would also say don't blame other people. Yeah. Like, a lot of people go through and they're like, well, the coaches are, like, making the wrong decision. Like, the coaches only want the best for the team, so they're going to put the better player in. So if you think, like, it's not your fault, then it's not going to help yourself, and you're just going to be negative, like, all around. 
and when you're negative it rubs off on everyone around you so then like then you're gonna look like the worst person than you are right yeah i mean talk about maybe the times that you know negativity maybe not with just you or you know maybe you've noticed it in other people and um you know how it affected them and and the way they played and you know i'm sure that it potentially could have a an impact on their playing time. Um, Sophie, have you observed that in other people or even yourself, like just taking too big of a turn to negative town and, and uh, (laughs) just, you know, the impact that you've, you've seen or or felt. I think you can definitely tell when someone's like, like you can, you can immediately tell when someone's feeling like negative when they get, if they get subbed in for like, say like the last three minutes and they're like pissed, they're like going to go, play for three minutes like what's the point of that and like it's obvious in like someone's body language how they're feeling and like your coach isn't going to put you in for those three minutes again if you like look negative when you're going in and like that three minutes could turn into like 10 because you did something really good or like worked really hard for, for those three minutes and it's like I think it's just everything you're thinking in your head is like very obvious in your body language and like you need to remember that because coaches actually care about it yeah Brown, you got anything to add there Yeah, I just think it's body language and, like, your attitude all around. Like, when you talk to your coaches, when you talk to your teammates, like, everyone around you will notice if you're negative. Yeah. Yeah, we, Cheese and I had on um, a guy who played for the national team and for Watford in the Premier League, a guy named Jay Demerit. And he, something that stuck with me was, like, he said, don't take it, like, I never took anything personal. Yeah. Like, he got, you know. He didn't get picked up for team after team in England, but, you know, he's just like, I didn't, I didn't deserve it yet. You know, it's not that he didn't deserve it. He just didn't deserve it yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, so like uh, that kind of stuck with me is to not let it cross over into the personal um, aspect of things. Um, so you guys have any good, uh, you know, stories, um, you know, from, being out on the road and, and playing in big time soccer games against Duke and Carolina. And, you know, you guys went to our, went to storied programs that, that do a lot of winning. So, you know, what's some good uh, stories that kids may not get um, when they're, when they're on a recruiting trip or, or something like that, you know, and, and do keep in mind that there are kids that are listening to this. Okay. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think. No, put me on the spot, kind of. Stories of like just like randoms. I like mean, any- just like good like stories with your teammates. Um, you know, winning a big game or um, you know, that kind of thing. Like things that that are good team bonding moments. Um, yeah, I have one from the NCAA tournament two years ago. We played UNC, the um, number one seed, and we were not ranked seed. And we went there on a Thursday and we were playing Friday. And it was one of my best friend's birthday, Ryan Garrett. She actually plays for Houston Dash now. And her mom brought a big chocolate cake in on a Thursday night. And we were playing UNC on Friday. And our coach came and was like, do not eat that. Like, no one should be touching that. And for some reason, I think there was something going on in the lobby where he was like in the lobby 
and we all went into the meeting room and locked the doors and ate the cake. <laughs> and we ended up winning. So now, like, the running joke is, like, we need chocolate cake before a big game, which is funny because we play UNC on Thursday, so maybe we'll have cake on Wednesday. So Wednesday there needs to be a big chocolate cake. Yeah. Exactly. So it was, just, yeah. it was funny because we were like, no, we're eating that cake. Like, she brought it all the way from Chicago. We're eating it, <laughs> even though we play the number one seed in the morning. Yeah. And what happened? So you guys won. Um... It was like piss that we ate it, and then we won. We were like, it was a chocolate cake. It was a chocolate cake. Yeah. So when, at what point did he find out that you guys ate it? It was, I think he tried to get into the meeting room, and it was locked, and he, like, <laughs> he knew. Like, they're eating the cake. Yeah, yeah. Did he, like, bang on the door? Or was he just, like, I uh, can't stop him now? Yeah. It was just, like, tugging on the door and just, like, well. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so if you got any uh, good uh, stories not like to a share. Specific story came to mind after that, but um, like for at Georgetown, every four years we do an international trip. So like this year, like, and they take seniors too, even if you like are done technically. So this year we went to Italy and um, we played three professional teams while we were there. And like, it was, it's not serious. Like these are scrimmages it's just for fun. Like you get the experience of like playing a pro team. And like, we would literally go from like eating gelato on the side of the road. They'd be like, get on the bus. And we'd go drive like 15 minutes and like warm up for like 10 minutes and play a game. So it was like, like it was just like fun to have like soccer be so like silly. And like, I don't know, like you're just in a foreign country, like with your friends and you're just stuffed full of gelato playing soccer. Like, it's just funny. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so when did you guys experience like soccer not being f- fun? I, I guess is it's always probably fun, but like you know, it becomes a bit of a job, and you know, you're so committed, especially at the levels that you guys play at. Like it's it's full time, right? I mean, so just like you're talking about, you know, laughing with your teammates, eating gelato and eating chocolate cake. I mean, but like. Has there been a point where you're like, uh, you know, this is this is a lot? Yeah, I think the spring is really hard because you don't have games. So it's like less easy to be like, and you're still running and lifting a ton and like playing. You are playing, but like you're not playing real games. So it's hard to be like me doing sprints right now is matters because I'm going to go like play next week. Like, no, like you have to like really just like remember that it's like a long process but like spring in the spring it can definitely get like tough to like motivate yourself yeah um i think it's always like felt like it's your job just because for us i feel like we're always at the soccer building yeah i think i'm at the soccer building more than i'm in a classroom definitely i feel like we live there especially in season like we're traveling we're getting there in the morning, we're training, we're leaving from there. You're coming back to the soccer building at like 2 a.m. Like you're always there. There's everything there. Like we study there, mm-hmm. we eat most meals around there. So it's definitely like a job, but it's a fun job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Sophie, you transferred. Um, walk us through that process and um how things are going at northeastern and Bree's laughing because yeah. I tore my ACL last week. 
You did? <laughs> oh, shit. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's new. <laughs> oh. I know. <laughs> I was wondering Sorry. when it would come up. Well, basically, I never got hurt before this. So, like, I didn't have a red shirt without COVID. And so, like... The second I, like, I remember the moment they, like, announced that everyone got red shirts from COVID because, like, I still, we still played a spring season, so, like, and I remember being, like, so excited. I'm, like, oh, I get an extra, like, free year of college soccer, like, without getting hurt. Like, this is the best thing ever. And, like, so I always knew, like, from that moment that I was probably going to, like, take it, but it is a lot to, like, be at one school for four years and then, like, think about doing it all over again and, like, especially, like, the role I was in was, like, I was playing, but, like, it was never, like, nothing was ever like guaranteed and like that is like mentally tough to like not that it's not worth it but like I wanted like a new experience so I wanted to go one to like a new place so like and I I liked this being in a city school so I like knew I wanted to be in the city and then I was like well I can't go from like Georgetown to somewhere that's like super easy so it's like I need to find a good school too like and Northeastern just kind of checked all the boxes of like being good soccer level we're normally around like 50 in the RPI like top like like towards the top but not like not something like an ACC school where it's like I'm gonna have to like constantly be like worried about my like spot not that you like anything's guaranteed or anything but it's just like a little bit easier than Georgetown and then still really good school like great coaches like I don't know I just wanted something new but like to not lose any of the good things about that I liked about Georgetown and then I was actually thinking, like, so I played the first four games and, like, was doing really well. And then in the fourth game, I am sh- I had already scored. I'm like, okay. Like, and then um, I get played the ball, like, towards the top of the 18, and I shot it. And, like, when I stepped down after that shot, that's when my ACL tore. And it, like, went off the keeper's hands, and then somebody else scored on it. So, like, technically it was an assist. It went down as an assist, but it tore my ACL. And so, like, (laughs) since it was a goal, like, everybody's, like, screaming. Like, the girl that scored it ended up getting hurt, too, because she, like, rolled her ankle on the play. So, like, we're both laying on the ground. Like, everyone's cheering. Like, no one knows what's going on. Like, it's, like, a very... Right. But right before that, I had remembered thinking, like, wow, it's, like, I, like, am loving it here so much. And, like, the soccer is so fun. And, like, it sucks that I only get to do this for three months. And then, so... I am going to take a sixth year. And so it's like, I was only supposed to ever have four and now I get six. So <laughs> I'm just trying to look at it like positively. Like it's yeah. an extra year of like playing soccer rather than like going for a run or getting a job. <laughs> so, all right. So that's a great you know, way to look at something. I mean, that is pretty awful. Right. Um, so when is surgery and have you you haven't had it yet, right? So like mine was also really weird because it wasn't that bad. Like it never swelled at all and I have full range of motion, which is really rare. So like they thought it wasn't torn. Like so like for a few days, like I didn't think anything was like actually like that wrong with it. So while it did end up being torn, like that does matter because I can get surgery a lot quicker and it's like typically like better signs for like recovery afterwards. So my surgery is in two weeks. And then after that, it's nine months, like, to full play. But it was, like, um, it is, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm going to know more about, like, how I'm feeling, like, after the surgery. Because right now I'm still, like, fully functional. Like, I'm doing, like, bike workouts. Like, I can walk on it. Like, 
So it just kind of like still doesn't feel like that real because I'm like not, I don't feel injured, but it's like, I know I am. Right. So it'll actually get worse before it gets better. (laughs) Um, Man. Well, I'm glad you have the opportunity to have another year. Are you, so you, uh, you're going to be like a, um, a physician by the time Mm -hmm. (laughs) school (laughs) when you graduate. Um, That's cool. Um, Wow. So, all right. So, yeah. I'm really sorry. Yeah. That's, uh, that's terrible. Um, and good, you know, I mean, you, it's gonna, I don't know, you, you have the right attitude, it sounds like, and it'll probably create some opportunities for you that you wouldn't have seen. So. I hope that my program was like two years anyway. So like I would have been here next year anyway. So it's yeah. like, why would I not play? <laughs> I'm like, gonna... yeah. I'm going to have to rehab it yeah. either way. And like, it was like really nice. So like the day after it happened, my coach came up to me and was like, so we already talked to compliance and like, we cleared everything. Like everything's renewed. Like if you don't have, like, obviously like six years of college talkers a lot. She's like, but it's all ready to go. Like if you're, you're going to come back. And I was like, okay, right. I'll come back. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, that's good. Um, so yeah, sounds like Brianna, you'll have some decisions to make at the end of this year too. Um, yeah, because yeah. you have a COVID year. So um, we'll stay tuned to see what what you decide to do. Um, I'll be playing socks <laughs> <laughs> somewhere, someplace. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Uh, what else do you guys want to share? Anything else before we uh, wrap it up? Mm. <laughs> no <laughs> all right um well i really appreciate it and um you know good luck to both of you um for different reasons <laughs> but uh um brianna i hope you guys beat unc and that the chocolate cake is good this week yep. uh, yeah so uh, we'll all be watching um so if you Best of luck to you. I know it's going to be feel like a long road, but uh, you'll you'll handle it like a champ, I'm sure. Thank you. So, yeah. Um, you guys, nothing else? I think I'm all good. No, no uh, wisdom to impart to the youngsters out there? Make sure you love soccer. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Very true. All right. Hold on. All right, I stopped it. Although it's still, I don't know. I hit stop, but it's still running. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tales from the Trail. I hope that you found Brianna and Sophie's stories to be valuable and insightful. As always, reach out with questions, comments, and feedback. I listen and do my best to get your questions answered by people who work in and around college soccer. Please continue to subscribe and share the podcast and follow Match Play on social media. See you on the trail.